0: Hi, welcome to the Galt's Vaults. I'm Kevin McLean, Museum Collections Technician at the Galt Museum and Archives in Lethbridge, Alberta. Today we're going to talk toys, uh, specifically these toys, courtesy of uh, one of our followers, Janae. So people call us all the time, we get over hundred calls a year, and it always starts with a pitch. And so the first words that are uttered by the caller are, I have an old, 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 and sometimes those words are followed up with, uh, and it's museum quality. So what is this museum quality? And more than that, what does museum quality mean? So um, in some cases, it can mean something entirely different to the collar and to the museum at the same time. And on other occasions, it can mean exactly the same thing. In the case of the museum, why is that? Well, that's because it's relative and it's relative to the relationship, the specific relationship between the object and that particular donor. So take these two toys, for example, one is in mint condition. The other one obviously is not in mint condition. Both are considered museum quality and that's because the outward uh, appearance of both uh, reflects the relationship between that the owner had with that specific item. So one toy was loved so much That the young uh, boy had his parents actually hide it in their closet to protect it from damage and the other one was loved so much so intensely so directly for so long that it literally shouts I'll be loved more than you ever will if only So in conclusion, do please continue to say museum quality when you call us, but don't think of it so much uh, as the the object being in mint or brand new condition, and think of it more in terms of its cultural quality, and that's its use as a tool to tell the collective story of of place, uh, which is Lethbridge in southwest Alberta. So we're going to leave you with the words and memories of one of our toy donors, uh, the donor of this piece here, which is Marg Oberg. Um, And with that, uh, thank you for tuning in to Galt's Vaults. I'm Kevin McLean. Be well, Lethbridge. It's Kevin McLean. I'm here at the Galt Museum and Archive with Marg Oberg. And Marg is with me today because there are a number of items that she would like to donate to us. So there are a number of things here before us. And you are choosing this moment in time to divest yourself of these things. So my interest is, right now, why is it that you're donating them? As opposed to, say, 30 years ago or keeping them... What's happening right now that you want to give us this stuff?
1: The museum is in the process now of developing a new exhibit um, for the beginning of the next year, 2019. And I made the choice to volunteer my, myself to be part of that exhibit. And I believe that some of these items might be beneficial to be a part of of what I deem to be home. And um, my two children don't have any sort of a desire to, to acquire any of the old things that meant something to me, particularly as a child, um, and that I understand. But I also understand that Lethbridge is wanting to continue uh, to acquire items that are important to Lethbridge's history and the history of the people that, that live in Lethbridge.
0: So we'll probably, we'll break things up. And uh, so we'll start with the uh, pumpkin head stuffies, teddy bears first. Mm-hmm. Um, and... So my question is and because I think that there's a, a succession of you're receiving them. So maybe what we'll do is we'll start with the oldest one and we're going to have to describe them because this is not video so it can't see what we're talking about. So the oldest one is the the largest bear? No, the
1: oldest is uh, the the rattiest little guy.
0: Okay, so that's with the green um, jacket and the green shorts. So yes. Tell me about how that little pumpkin head arrived in your life.
1: My grandparents gifted this to me at Christmas when I was three years old. Um, as far as I am aware, it is a Merrythought thought uh, pumpkin head and it would have been purchased through Eaton's because Eaton's was... Uh, the pumpkin head was kind of a a Christmas mascot and so it was very appropriate for my grandparents to give it to me at Christmas Um, and Eaton's was a very prominent department store in Lethbridge at that point in time and most everybody did their Christmas shopping at Eaton's we didn't have any other at least that I was aware of as a child growing up, that we didn't have other department stores, we didn't have the Walmarts, and, and it was Eaton's was the place to go. So, this one was from when I was three years old. Um, well loved, he's lost a lot of hair, um, he's got new shoes on, of which my grandmother. Um, as, as far as I know, the first one, this being the first, of course, we didn't, we didn't realize that there was going to be more that came afterwards. He was so well-worn and so well-loved that my grandmother, who did a lot of sewing and handwork, gave him new shoes and his little felt pants that came with him were long, long worn out. So she sewed him another little little outfit.
0: Maternal or paternal grandparents? Maternal. What were their names?
1: Jimmy McIntosh or James McIntosh and Elsie Pearl McIntosh.
0: They lived in Lethbridge? They did. Um, they had a grandchild and yourself. Did they have other grandchildren or are you the only grandchild? I have an older half sister and half
1: brother and I was so there was the three children in the family
0: and they only then have the three grandchildren as well so so you have three two other siblings
1: I have one remaining my brother passed away a few years ago and my sister is my I, I always referred to her as my sister but we had the same father with different mothers
0: so when your grandparents are buying Christmas presents for people, there are not a lot of grandkids for them to have to be buying. No. And in fact, when you're three years old, there's only one other uh, half sibling. Is that right?
1: No, my brother just died recently. Yeah. So there, there would be the three, the three children. Okay. But I, my brother was four years older and my sister seven years. So I would be the only one that would, was receiving a teddy
0: bear. Uh, what do you recall about even the difference, if any, between the gifting practices of your grandparents and how generous they were, as opposed to your own parents? And even the gifting practices of your friends getting gifts from their grandparents. Like, Were your grandparents especially generous?
1: No, they weren't. I don't believe at that point, when I was a child growing up, in Lethbridge, I don't believe that they had the disposable income to be generous, and in those days, um, children weren't expecting an awful lot. We got one gift from our grandparents, and Santa would always bring a few, and I don't even recall if our parents gave us anything, it was just Santa, and we always had uh, our Christmas meal. On Christmas Eve at my grandparents' home, and after the dishes were all cleaned up and uh, we'd had our meal, then the children were allowed to open our presents or our one gift from the grandparents and so that was a that was just even more of a culmination of that tension waiting for children waiting for Christmas so it was always a very exciting time and I had I'm assuming that I had had some awareness of Pumpkinhead, and so, of course, was very excited to get to get one.
0: I had a question that's just um, okay. Uh, so you're three years old when you get this one? Yes. That would be what year approximately?
1: Oh, okay. Well, I was born in '49, so it would have been. 53.
0: Do you actually remember receiving this pumpkin head at the age of three?
1: We have a picture. uh, I have a picture at home. um, It comes up on my computer as my archives are scrolling past. And it's a picture of me holding this little fellow. Of course, he wasn't bald. um, My sister had a basketball and I I think my brother had a pair of skates, just strung around his neck for the picture.
0: So, do you do you actually have a memory of beyond the picture, like that you remember receiving, or not really? You know, not that,
1: uh, not really receiving. I just know that the the folklore within the the family is that I would get one one teddy bear every three or every two years, um, but. When I see this picture that rotates by on my computer, then it of course refreshes my mind as to um, as to the, the situation.
0: So let's move on and then I'll have another question about all the bears, but um, so the the green kitted out bear is the first one, the little guy. Yes. You get that in approximately fifty three. The next one to be received is the
1: this middle-sized one
0: b- the blue kitted out one the middle-sized yes. one okay yes. so that would be in about we'll say 55 yes and the next one is the big one the big one which mm-hmm. we'll say it is in 57 with the right. brown jumper right and then you get the last one in 59 yes when did this guy come yeah away? he
1: was he was the last one I from what I understand they only came... They were only access, accessible in the three sizes. And I had so, shown so much fondness towards them that my grandparents decided that they would get another small one because this fellow was almost untouchable. I tried to wash his hair once.
0: And when we say this fellow, we're talking about the biggest one, the, the biggest jumper. Yes, yes. Okay.
1: I tried to wash his hair, and that was that was frowned upon by my parents and my grandparents, because they have wooden stuffing, wooden shavings, excelsior. And so this fellow, I think he hung over the register for probably a month, hoping that he would dry and not go moldy. And so they wanted to give me another one that I would be able to love and and care for, like little girls do with their teddy bears.
0: So that's the one with the red uh, shorts? Yes. That came last? Yes. <clears throat> do you, in addition to your... Ashley, could you please call the front desk, Ashley? ...heat register story with the big <laughs> one being washed, do you have other specific memories about receiving them at Christmas, a particular one? And then I guess what I'm interested to know is when you have four, do you love them equally or do you <laughs> love one more than another and which one and why
1: <laughs> well I guess I guess as a as a mother of actual children it's politically correct to say I love them all the same but as a child um, I would I'd, I would like to say that I love them all the same, but of course, with children, oftentimes, bigger is better. And so um, the, the largest of them all, who is in still the best condition, um, I, w- I would guess that he probably would have been the most loved. And as I got older, he was on display... With other stuffed animals that I had acquired over the years, because of his condition, whereas the the other more dilapidated characters probably took a little bit more of a backseat because of their they they were not as in as good condition. But it's, that's that's a question that I hadn't really thought about. I'm, I'm just going on
0: female intuition okay I have so many questions that come into my head (laughs) so to pose the question another way and you would provide the same answer is if the room was on fire and I said you had enough time to run in and grab one pumpkin head and no more (laughs) you're grabbing the biggest pumpkin head
1: I would suspect yes I would I would yes
0: and then what would be the second one if you could choose one more in an instant
1: probably the first one because he opened up my eyes to at that that age being to love an an inanimate object as opposed to uh, parents grandparents or siblings he's probably got a lot more secrets to tell than the bigger one
0: (laughs) so what? despite there not being what loved almost to the same exact extent the other bears still show a great deal of of use and activity (laughs) so my question is how do they get so lucky as to look as wonderful as they do what are you doing to them that they uh they don't look like they did when they were in the store
1: oh well lots of lots of carrying them around um As a child, I didn't have a favorite blanket or anything. It was my teddy bears. I liked always to have something soft and fuzzy up against my face and against my nose, and they were just the right size that I could hang on to them with one hand and you know rub my nose against them and they were a security a security feature and again, being made of non-washable substances, or, you know, this the, the wooden stuffing and the, the leather shoes, and they weren't washable. So I guess maybe with the nowadays, mothers can throw the stuffies in there, in the washing machine and refresh them, and the, f- the, the fiber is a lot more... I, I believe the fiber might even just be wool. I'm not... I'm not exactly sure, um, but they're they're probably so ratty looking because of being constantly with me, having tea parties with them, and um, you know just generally probably putting them in little strollers and taking them out around the neighborhood. But uh, they were very well guarded. We never had any pets in the house to to come and chew them up or anything. But so all of their distressed luck is just from love.
0: Were they on your bed? Did you sleep with them too?
1: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And when the big one came, that was, that was a bone of contention because with all of the four bears in the, in the bed, there was hardly room for me. And I had been on occasion found on the floor because there wasn't room for me in bed. And that was, again, a no-no. no no My parents said, no, if anybody goes on the floor, it's the bears. Yes, so they were a huge part of my life.
0: Okay. Um, So you basically get the first one when you're three, the last one when you're about nine. Nine. Yeah. They're a big part of your life. Uh, Was there a time that they weren't with you, that your parents had them in a box somewhere and then you got them back or they've been...
1: Oh, golly, you know, when I, was, when I became a teenager, actually, to be honest with you, now that I recall, as an adult, um, the big one came with me um, when I was doing my internship in uh, a different community, and I was living in a nurse's residence, and even at that, when I was 18 or 19 years of age, he was sitting on my bed. I didn't take him to bed anymore as a, as a cuddle. Um, I don't recall where the other ones were, but when I got married, I, I, I honestly, Kevin, I'm not, I don't recall how I acquired the, th- the three smaller ones, um, but the big one has been with me. They've been out in my garage now in a, in a box um, in a box that's that's padded, and and then it gets a a plastic bag over top because I I still have I still feel that they're very valuable.
0: Um. So when you're a nursing intern, did you go through a, a like the Galt School of Nursing, or no?
1: I uh, trained as a combined laboratory and X-ray technologist. Uh, okay. My training in Edmonton, and then I had had um, an internship in a rural hospital for
0: a year so in your adult life um they were stored yes and it wasn't it was just like when they came to us on loan that they would have come back out and then they went into a box again until they were offered recently to us is that fair
1: uh when when i got my husband and i were fortunate enough to get grandchildren then at christmas time i would put up I had other teddy bears that had come into my life, Uh, and so I would make a little, sort of a little teddy bear display at Christmas time, and so the grandchildren were introduced to them, but they didn't mean anything to the grandchildren when they were young. They had their own teddies. They just knew that they weren't allowed to touch them.
0: Um. I always have questions. (laughs) Is the clothing original?
1: the clothing is not original the original shorts uh were just a little it was just a little the little pant in a felt fabric and the felt was not was not sturdy that you know it it got all all shredded and and fell off and so my grandmother replaced the the clothing on on all of them
0: and and so as they're wardrobes and garments failed then she was the one at the time
1: yes yes but now the 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 newest of them I don't believe the one with the red pants the repairs on his snout are not consistent with the way my grandmother would repair them um, I possibly I think I repaired that one myself. My grandmother had passed away when I was 13. And by that point in my life, it was only the large one that I had kept out. And so I believe that once um, my grandmother had passed away, and then when I sort of revived bringing these ones out a number of years later, I did a very Mickey Mouse job of of uh, repairing him but the other ones would have been repaired by my grandmother. <laughs> so the nose on the one
0: with the red shorts that's yes. your repair to the nose
1: and a very poor one at that yes
0: okay uh, before I move on to the books um, is there anything else like memory wise that you want to tell me about the bears themselves or in particular or any like other incidents like Washing them, or they're getting wet, or uh, losing them, and you couldn't find one, or anything.
1: No, I I never did let them out of my sight long enough as a child. Um, But my parents knew how important they were, so it's it's it has to be the you know that my my parents had had them stashed away somewhere when I was old enough again or interested enough to get them back. Um, but they meant an awful lot to me because they were gifted by my grandparents. I spent many, many, many hours in their home. Uh, my mother worked out of our basement. She was a uh, ceramics teacher. And so she was basically one of the few women at that in, in the early 50s that was... Earning an income, and I had such a fondness for my grandparents, and they were only blocks away from our home, that um, I spent most of my most of my days there.
0: At your grandparents' yes. So where are you where approximately what block and street or avenue are your grandparents on?
1: They were at six twelve no six thirteen twelfth Street South, and the home was down knowledge. by six A. Yes. The one way. The home was demolished a couple of years ago, and there's the another, brick. There, the brick one. The white was it brick is it white brick.
0: Yeah. Yes. Was there a fire in there? I think.
1: No. There,
0: is it where the Type Three house is now? I know. Okay. And then no, we're Type we're, Three. Just well, it's a flat roof one. No. There's a couple infills uh-huh. there off the alley by the cross crease.
1: Right across the alley from the cross street home. Yeah. Yeah. Immediately. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It was a white, it brick. was a white brick, and yeah.
0: um. Where's your house? F- Where did you live?
1: 818th uh, Street, just down the street from the, the entrance to the old Municipal Hospital.
0: Yeah, which is more my part of the neighborhood. Okay.
1: I used to be able to walk, and it's still the original home that I. Was raised in, and it has basically have had has had very very few repairs.
0: The Crichton's, I think, were on 17th Street, the 700 block, but you're you're in the 800 yeah. block on 18th Street. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, last question, and then we're going to talk to the books. So it's hard to remember when you're three, but maybe when you're nine. Do you remember going to Eaton's and going and looking at their toys oh, and seeing pumpkins? So just because I only know about Eaton's and toys in the 70s, so what was it like in the 50s, early 60s, but 50s? Where did you go in Eaton's? Where were the toys, and what do you remember?
1: I believe they were were always in the basement. Um, but of course, both of my, my, my grandfather had retired in 1954, and I was his sidekick, um. The, other, the older siblings were always in school. And then, of course, my grandfather and I would cavort around wherever we could, wherever we could get into trouble. And Eaton's was, um, was a popular haunt. And, of course, Christmas time, well, what do you take children to look at? And back in those days, Eaton's used to have a very, very nice Christmas window. I don't recall that there was any animated, you know, any mechanized displays, but you know, possibly those ones would have been from the bigger cities. But I mean, Christmas was always a fascinating time for children, and Eaton's definitely helped out in the community with with getting the children hyped up with their their toy selection, and then you know, just to create that fantasy world. In their windows, but I do remember going there frequently with my both of my grandparents, um, and I believe Eaton's also had the very first escalator that Lethbridge ever ever had. I don't know. Do we have one now?
0: Uh, it's
1: at the mall. At, or no you know the, at the the mall. first one that I remember
0: using, but I think Eaton's had one too. Uh, is at the Scotiabank as a kid. Oh. Third Avenue. I mean, that was the one that I feel like it was the first time. But Eaton's, uh, I recall often the corners of the building. So if you walked in on the west southwest corner, I just remember in the corners is where the stairwell was. Yes, and it was a very wide open stairwell. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I was using the stairwell more as a kid. Uh, And and the escalator, it's Scotiabank that just seemed I don't know what it was about that
1: they were intimidating
0: the escalators escalators. they would be very weird yeah at first like
1: they like they could gobble you up when that's those stairs disappeared yeah Yeah. well what would happen if a child stayed on it kind of you know I mean a child can imagine all sorts of things so my
0: other department store memories it. it was either um Woolworths or Kresge's. So from Eaton's, it would be immediately across Fourth Avenue mm-hmm. to the north. So mm-hmm. on the intersection, it would be on the north east corner, and it had a revolving door. <laughs> and that the first time that just blew my mind too. So do you remember going with your grandparents down to the um, to see the toys and actually looking at the pumpkin heads that were there for sale? Maybe oh yes.
1: Once? Oh, definitely. Definitely. And of course, you know, I mean, you, the grandparents, I'm sure that they had it well planned out, but as a child, and we always were taught that you don't ask for things. Christmas was the only time that you actually could have a wish list, that you, you don't say, gimme, gimme, you know, I want this, I want that. It was, the, the, the money was not available, and that was just rude so, just to stand and look at them in the in their boxes and say, "Wow, isn't that one nice? Maybe Santa might bring it to me."
0: What can you tell me about the two uh, little books? Anything okay. in particular? Like where the, did they come from?
1: The books. Okay, I have two children growing now. My daughter is 45 and my son is 42. And of course my sister would have grown up with me having the, the pumpkin heads and so one book was given to my now 45 daughter by my sister's uh, child. I don't know what year they were, but it was obviously it's by Eaton's written on the back and it's a story of pumpkin head. Um, so that. It has Santa in it. it, it it's a Christmas a Christmas story. Uh, so obviously this was when, when I had become a mother. Um, and, and
0: you're raising your kids here in the city as well? No.
1: I left the city when I was 13. My dad was employed with white rose oil and... The shell company bought White Rose out, and my dad was transferred to Edmonton. And um, so no, and then I'd, when I was nearly twenty-one, I married a Mountie, so we were all over the place.
0: So, so your daughter, who's Julie?
1: No, my daughter is Nikki. Oh, Nikki. Yes. And
0: so she gets this from your niece, or from who? my
1: niece Julie. Okay, and then yes. Nikki
0: at the time then you guys are resident approximately in Edmonton, or where, where do you think you were? No,
1: let me see. Possibly Vancouver Island, Parksville. Okay. Okay. We moved around. We had 13 different locations. Um, and then the other book was, was given to my son, Kelly. It obviously probably would have been the same, the same year. Okay. It's a different, a different storybook, but it was from the same cousin, Julie.
0: So do you, as a family, do you guys ever are you back resident in Lethbridge again? Or your kids never did grow up in Lethbridge at any point? They spend no time here? Like,
1: our son has never lived here, but our daughter um, moved here when she was call me about 18. She had um, completed her training as an X-ray technologist and we were living in Regina at the time and she got summer relief here and uh, right at that same time my husband retired from the RCMP and Nikki was living here and she said and we were trying to choose where we were going to move in our retirement we'd never had the choice before the RCMP had always told us this is where you're going and this was the, the first time in our marriage that we had the choice and we decided to move to Lethbridge and our daughter said I hope you're not moving to Lethbridge because I'm here, I just hate it and I'm moving on well that was 23 years ago and she's still here she's got a family of her own and uh, I don't know that she I don't imagine that she stayed here for for our sake she uh, found herself a school teacher and they say the rest is history so but our son has never never ever lived here He's, he lives in calgary
0: so the kids at some point they leave the house wherever that is and the booklets remain in your possession they had been childhood gifts to the kids but yes. they remain with you because and of the connection and then with the bears. you're you move here with your husband to join your daughter in approximately is this late 1995, 1995, 1995 okay and then these are still in your possession the kids don't want them back and then they are put in the box with the bears yes is that about proper okay
1: until 2005 or six six and then
0: they come here and they're on display as part with of that. the teddy bear exhibit okay yes. so booklets are good we're good with that Let's do this canvas... um, I mean, your dad used it as a windshield cover, but... Mm -hmm. uh, So, what can you tell me about it? All of your memories.
1: How embarrassing it was that all the other dads in the neighborhood would just get out in the morning and scrape their windshield off. But our dad had this bright yellow thing strapped onto his windshield to keep the snow off and as children we were very very the peer pressure was pretty pretty intense and we were the only ones on the street that had and we didn't have a garage at that point in time this great big canvas thing on the front of our, our dad's car when my, we moved to Edmonton, that, that was in Lethbridge, I can remember in the, in the early, early days. Um, and then we did move to Edmonton, and we didn't have a garage at that point either. And again, there goes this, I mean, even the white rose gasoline had become obsolete. My dad didn't throw my, too many things out if they still had a useful purpose. And um, so there it was. Front and center again, the only guy on the block. I just I don't know why somebody didn't come up with something, something not quite so obvious. Uh, and that's 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 my my simple. I mean, it's, it was just an embarrassment that my father always had to cover up his windshield. So we have never, as a family, my dad passed away. Um, and we acquired it from his widow um, but it was I I felt it would have possibly, there might be some significance that White Rose was a part of Lethbridge's history White Rose Oil Company it was my father's employer for a number of years, I, I haven't taken the taken the time to research and I don't know where I would even look to find history Uh, he's gone my brother's gone and um, I just haven't even found it felt it to be significant enough to ask my sister how long he was employed by White Rose Oil so it, it doesn't have the fondness to me, that the teddy bears do—it's uh, not nearly as soft and cuddly. So that's about all I can conjure up for that.
0: What's your dad's name?
1: It was Jack Grant Keys?
0: So Jack Grant
1: was his—Grant was his middle name, yes. And then Keys K E Y
0: S. Um. So what can you tell me about what he did for the White Rose and he leaves in the morning and he goes somewhere and he comes back and what what do you remember he
1: was the manager of the plant there well he called it the plant but I don't they didn't they didn't manufacture any any products there but there were big big tanks um, i believe they were up on the Third Avenue South. I want to say, sort of in the area of where the um, Harley Davidson. We lived on Eighteenth Street, and I know that it was goes straight north on Eighteenth Street, and either left or right. So it was it was in that it was in that general area. I mean, it was it was within walking distance, but. Um, but he was the the manager of the plant. I think he was even the only employee. But he used to go around in southern Alberta to all of the gas stations that had um, that that were dealing in white rose oil, and get their orders and and such. So, you know, and then well, there must have been a driver that would come and and get the fill up their tanker trucks from where he was, the bulk station, and um, go and deliver it. But I know that he was on the road an awful lot. But I don't recall as a child that there were other employees other than possibly the truck driver.
0: Um, Did he like his job?
1: I don't recall that he was that fond of his job. In the winter time, it was it was really really tough. Um, he used to freeze his fingers on occasion because he was the one that had to climb up the staircase that went around these big tanks in the cold of winter and do I don't know whatever a dipstick or whatever it was to measure the how much fuel was in the tanks. We didn't have snow blowers. It was a lot of, you know, the winter time was. It was tough because he did spend some time outside, at the um, with his job, and then an awful lot of time on the roads. And there was many times that he would somehow no. Well, we had phones back then, but none of the none of the uh, other kind of contact, and so the, he would be stranded in small communities because of bad roads and such. So. Of course, he would have preferred to be home with his family. So I don't, I don't, I don't recall that he was really gung ho. I know that the shell tried to get him to move to Edmonton on a, on a few occasions, and he flatly refused. But at that time, my grandparents were well. My I don't remember. We moved in '63, so it would have been my grandmother was ill and dealing with cancer. And it was just very inappropriate time for us to leave. My mother was an only child, so there were no other family members to to stay and look after her. And then finally, the, the shell said, "Well, this is this is your final your final choice, and there is no option." Well, I guess it wasn't a choice. It was either either move or lose your job. So it was. Uh, yeah, it was a matter of putting in time until he, until he retired.
0: So when he passes his widow, which then it wasn't your mom, I guess. No, they
1: had divorced.
0: Okay. So your dad passes in approximately what year?
1: Oh, 91, I believe
0: it was. So the widow has this, offers it to you. You could decide at that moment amongst all your personal possessions that this is more than you want to care for, <laughs> but you keep this. Yes, and I suspect you don't use it to put on your windshield. <laughs> no, on your life. Why do you keep it?
1: Because it's just—it's a small part of my dad. Um, I didn't have a lot of things. Um, this was my dad's third marriage when he passed and his family his wife disposed of a, lot of a lot of things that we possibly would have kept, the three children would have kept, they meant nothing to her but they were living out in Salt Spring Island at the time, I was living in Regina um my brother lived in Chicago and my sister lived in California. None of us really wanted things like furniture and that type of stuff. So it was just this, a little trinket that that brought back so many memories of, and, and it went back as far as Lethbridge.
0: And good memories then?
1: I, they, it must have been good memories, as embarrassing as it was. Um, the actual the actual item but maybe because it was big and bold and and it has the white rose symbol on it and that's you just don't see that anymore other than there was a restaurant in Victoria that we went to and they have i think it's a spaghetti house or something in Victoria and just in their lobby, they have an old white rose gas station you know with the clear the clear top that the gas used to when it was being pumped and I got so excited to see that, so it obviously had something that in the back of my psyche the white rose it was i guess the bread and butter it put it put food on our on our table for. until until they until shell came over and booted white rose down the road
0: okay last thing so we've got a game board which (laughs) is the more recent of all of it so it says leverage on board so I'm interested to know how and when this comes into into your possession why you even want it did you play it (laughs) It's
1: okay, we'll work backwards. No, we never we never did play it. It was a recent acquisition. Um, my husband and I were we had dropped somebody off at their home, and we were exiting this subdivision that we'd never been in, and it was a very well-to-do subdivision, beautiful big homes that we would only dream about living in, and lo and behold, there was a garage sale. So... Bridge sales in these expensive areas usually have good stuff. So we pulled over, and the woman, it was, you know, she was wanting to close the shop down and she said, everything's half price. And there was this Lethbridge on board. We'd heard about it in about 2005 when it was. In its when it, I guess it was obviously a, a Christmas time promotion, and we'd heard about it, but I don't know. We didn't. We weren't game players. Our grandchildren were old enough to be playing board games at that point, and um, so I picked it up for a dollar. The grandkids like to play Monopoly now. I thought, oh, perfect. It's. This was probably maybe six, eight weeks ago. We haven't been able to grab the grandchildren long enough to play, to, to even attempt to play it. Um, the grandkids like to play Monopoly. They've got the... Oh, there's a digital version now. So the kids are so digitalized nowadays that I don't know if if they would even be interested in it. I I showed the grandson, and he said, oh, cool. The end. So being unique to Lethbridge, I thought that possibly the museum might be interested in it because it is historical in nature.
0: Um, So you've only had it for two months so far?
1: Yes, Yes. The, the game pieces are still in their original packaging, so uh, it's obvious that nobody has played it. I think it was a fundraiser by the Junior League, I think. There is paperwork inside, and uh, the money is Canadian Tire money on a scaled down version and so it, it you know it's, it's definitely it looks like it would be very ininter- very interesting but we don't get together enough with our family that we would do it justice
0: all right i think i have my uh last two questions so that first question is is there anything that you wanted to tell me that i haven't asked the right question for you to get that answer?
1: I can't think of anything, Kevin. I I was with having this home exhibit and the picture of my grandfather appearing in the newspaper. And that gave me such a feeling of, of home. And so in trying to come up with something that would be suitable for the display. Um, there is such a connection with the teddy bears, with my grandparents that I just thought that they would be very, very appropriate to use for the just just for the connection with my feeling of home and the just the the memories that looking at these little creatures conjure up uh, living in 13 different communities people would say well where's home to you? The home was where I was born even though I was gone for 33 years I, well I didn't live here for 33 years but my in-laws had actually moved to Lethbridge in 1968 so we kept coming to Lethbridge to visit, and that was where I kept that connection, but to see that picture of my grandfather, it, it just brought so many memories of which these were these were important, and also when I was in the archives looking there was there was no um there weren't any teddy bears that had the connection with with anything other than I think it was Anne Campbell's. I think didn't she have her own tartan or something? It was the Campbell tartan? And um, I just felt these these fellows. They've earned a spot.
0: Second question: uh, How is it going to be? Like how are you going to feel to leave this room and leave these things here and not know that you have this daily access to be at the bears or to the canvas piece?
1: I will feel just fine. I know that the Galt Museum is an important part of of the community of Lethbridge and what they are doing to to maintain his history um, for the for the people that come. Not only from other communities, but for the people that are coming after us.
0: Okay, I don't have anything else, so thank you.
1: You're welcome.